Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm sorry, Did are we saying they're underdogs with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback? I know it's Baltimore and I know it's the MVP. I just want to make sure I'm clear. Mahomes as an underdog. Interesting. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. I always am uncomfortable when you have somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, LeBron James, anybody you would look at and say, nah, you know, it would be a big upset if they were to win. It's, I understand that we're looking at a better team in Baltimore. I just think so highly personally, and I know we all do, of Mahomes that it's hard to wrap my brain around the idea of him being an underdog in any scenario at this point. But playing that out, it would be, by the numbers, an upset win this week. And if he were to get to the Super Bowl, it would be his fourth. If he were to win a Super Bowl, it would be his third. Mm. He's in year seven. He's in year six as a starter. It would ramp up the GOAT talk, greatest of all time. To me, I don't think we can even come close to going there because he still would have so much more to go in terms of getting to Brady. That said, his pace would be similar to that of Brady's at a younger age. It's going to start if he wins it all, if it hasn't already in terms of the GOAT conversation. Yeah, I mean, after Tom Brady won his first three, you're talking about a situation where he didn't win another one for a decade, right? Like 2004 to 2014. So what is that, 11 seasons? So, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. So if, if Patrick Mahomes is able to pull this off, then, yeah, I think it's absolutely fair to say that he's on a trajectory to match and maybe exceed Tom Brady. And here's the thing that's so impressive about what he's doing this year. This iteration of the Chiefs ain't supposed to win a title. They're definitely this, not. This is a retooling year. If you look mm-hmm. at their receiving core and how – underwhelming their production was, it's clear that this was, in essence, a gap year. I know it's not fair to look at it that way if you're a general manager or you're a head coach, but if you're being honest about your assessment of the Chiefs coming into this year, I mean, outside of Patrick Mahomes putting on the cape and playing outside of his mind, this team wasn't going to win a title. But the great thing about where Kansas City is is that you actually have a guy that's capable of doing it. And what Evan said about Patrick Mahomes being an underdog is absolutely wild. This dude, in his career, is 8-3 and three as an underdog, and he's 9-1-1 one, one against Maybe the Maybe just don't make him the underdog. underdog. <laughs> the crazy thing is, this is the first time he's been an underdog in back-to-back games, going back to when he first took over as a starting quarterback. Like that, that season in 2018. This is the first time that he's been an underdog in back-to-back games since 2018. Doesn't that just prove his dominance, though? That's what I'm saying. Everybody <laughs> believes in this guy. So, yeah, if Patrick Mahomes wins this game and gets to the Super Bowl and presumably checks that box, then it's absolutely on the board that he is on the trajectory to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And here's what I'll say about that. If he matches Tom Brady in the number of rings, then the eye test tells us that Patrick Mahomes is the better player. The eye test tells you that Patrick Mahomes is the better player, the more talented player. Mm -hmm. If he equals Brady in ring count, there's no debate. Debate is it's Patrick Mahomes, period. The talk is already there, the GOAT talk. 
if he wins this season and he beats Lamar, he beats the MVP on the way to do it, and he does it, as you said, with this team, with this. I mean, there were points in the season, guys, where I've been telling you, they don't have it. There's no way. They were losing games, and you were just like, even Patrick Mahomes can't overcome what the receiving core is doing. They were dropping uh, passes left and right. It was crazy. However, inherently as sports fans, we love the greatest of all time debate. We love LeBron versus MJ. Like, this is what we love to do. And if Patrick Mahomes wins again and he wins with this team and he beats Lamar Jackson doing it, if he if it didn't go through Kansas City this time and he's on this pace, it is going to intensify in a way I don't even think we'll expect. Can I ask you a question? Does If he wins the Super Bowl this year, does he pass Joe Montana? Is it definitive? No. It's not definitive? No. no. It's not. And I love Mahomes, right? I, I, here's where I think we are – we're not being 100%, at least in my opinion, fair on this. If I told you a year or two years ago, I'm going to give you a scenario. I'm going to give you Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to give him the second-ranked defense in the NFL. What do you think they do that year? You're going to tell me I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? So their receivers were awful. They dropped a ton of passes. What's going to happen is we're going to misremember this season long-term if they win it all because Rasheed Rice is going to end up being a really good player. That's obvious because he's going to be around Mahomes for the next three years, right? So we're going to look back and not remember all the bad. We're going to miscredit this as good around him. I get that. But when we look at this, we are going to look at this team, and we should look at this team as second-ranked defense with Mahomes. That combination, regardless of how many drops, gets you to a Super Bowl. That combination every year should get you to a Super Bowl. If you give me Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and the second-ranked defense I'm, and, and a great coach, which obviously Kansas City has, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach football, they are going to potentially get to the Super Bowl. I don't know that we can look at this as a gap year. It looks different than other years because it's worse on offense, better on defense. They are exactly where they should be because if this guy is the greatest of all time, which he's not yet, but if he's the greatest of all time and I give him the second-ranked defense, they are exactly where they should be. Exactly where they should be. So there's no part of this that feels like miraculous or an upset or anything like that to me. It quite literally is miraculous. I mean, I don't think so. Well, you may not think so, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes' job is to throw the ball. If your receivers lead the league in drops, then it's hard for him to do his job. Yes. Like, how good is Pat Mahomes if his receivers lead the league in drops? The answer to that question is otherworldly because he still got him in the conference championship game. Yeah, we saw the frustration coming out of Patrick Mahomes during times this season. We saw it on the field in the Bills game. We saw it on the sidelines. Even he was letting you know that he didn't think he could overcome Yeah, it. just having a great scoring defense doesn't automatically put you in the Super Bowl. It just doesn't. I mean, the, La- the Ravens have the number one scoring defense. They would be the first scoring defense, the first number one scoring defense to make it to the Super Bowl since 2016. So having the number one scoring defense in today's NFL is not a free pass to the Super Bowl. It's but not. having the number one quarterback is. That's yeah, what gets a, you there. Yeah, but how can you, here's my point, though. How are you going to make the most out of having the number one quarterback if your receivers lead the league in drops? But you have the best tight end in the league. You have great running backs. He's not the best tight end in the league anymore. He's good. He's not the best tight best end in the league. Best receiving tight end, arguably, in the yeah. league. I mean, he doesn't block. I mean, nobody wants to bring that up. But, I mean, he – like, to me, the formula they have is exactly what I would anticipate getting them there. The, the crazy part about this is even if he wins again, he being Mahomes, he gets his third. He's four more away from Brady. He will have to win more the rest of his career than he has up until this point, which is a remarkable thing to think about. Yes, but if he wins this one, are you going to doubt that he can get there? No, I'm not I, – I, that's the thing. 
if, if if people listen to everything I say about this, I doubt nothing with him. Mm. What I doubt are the uh, people that doubt him. Like, I'm insulted a week ago when people are saying, oh, I don't know how he's going to pull this one off. What do you mean he was going to pull this one off? He's Patrick Mahomes. That's all he needs is himself. He's one of the – he's maybe but that's the not all greatest. he needs, though. He he's plays awesome. a position that's dependent on him having success, yeah. which is his receivers. That's not all he needs. Yeah, Dan Marino but couldn't do it all He needs a good himself. offensive I mean, line. Which he has. What, does he? Joe, Tooney, Joe Tooney's well, going to be out. This week. Yeah, that's my point. So yeah. he needs a good offensive line. He needs receivers to be able to catch the ball. So just because he has the second-ranked scoring defense doesn't mean he's going to be in the Super Bowl. Like he's he's going to have to be the ultimate deodorant when it comes to covering up the warts on his team. And I think it's a damn good deodorant. It's one of those ones that offers 24-hour protection because they're in the conference championship game yet again. Right, but that's that's my point. If we're going to lean into the idea of him being in the GOAT conversation – the GOAT conversation, regardless of the sport or the role, makes up for deficiencies everywhere else, right? So I, I agree. Is he doing that? Okay, here's the question I want to ask you. Okay. Because you're a diehard Patriots fan, and you've been there since we'll the start yeah. of the dynasty with Belichick <laughs> yeah. and Tom Brady. Is he doing more to cover up the deficiencies on the team at this stage in his career than Tom Brady was at this stage? No. So you think that Brady did more? I think they are so similar on so many levels. I, 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 Brady I, didn't come out the gates winning a damn MVP, man. He no, just didn't. No, no, but there's, but you, but that's, that, that's, 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 that's a different question. You said right now, are they similar in covering up the deficiencies? Seven years into the career, yes. No, I, I didn't say similar. Who who did more up until this point in their career in covering up the deficiencies on their teams? Right. So so Mahomes has more. Let me just get something here because I have this from a couple of days ago. Okay. Here, the exact all numbers. right. All hold right. on. Hold I was on. Watching you flip pages. Okay. Uh, seven years. Three. This is Mahomes. Seven years. Three Super Bowl appearances. Two Super Bowl wins. Six. AFC title games, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. Brady, seven years, three Super Bowl appearances, so exact same thing. Uh, three Super Bowl wins, four AFC title games, no MVPs. That's the difference, right? And then two Super Bowl MVPs. So if we go based on – but talking about covering up deficiencies is different than what I'm about to say. Okay. If we go based on what Cam Newton has kind of given us here, Cam Newton has, has given us a guidance in, in many ways as to how to evaluate quarterbacks. He talks about game managers versus game changers. Tom, by that guidance, became, went from a game manager – to a game changer, right? I think Mahomes has always been a game changer. So he's doing more. He's yeah. doing more or has done more. Up until this point. But up in terms of the covering up the deficiencies, because of what Brady was able to do in ball control and, and helping with the run game, and everything like that, I think that Brady covered up so many deficiencies, especially at this point in the career, because this was the year for Brady where he had Rache Caldwell and Doug Gabriel as his two go-to guys in an AFC championship game that they blew a lead against Indianapolis. Exactly seven years into his career. Their careers are insanely similar in terms of team success led by them. I would never look at the prime of Brady's career and think it matters who the wide receivers are. Never did. Because Brady had Moss and Welker. Well, well, he did at the end of his tenure with yeah. New England. Well, but he, he had, looked at it that way. But CC, so you're saying you don't look at it that way. The guy that did it looked at it that well, way. Who knows more about Brady, me or Brady? So if you look at it, with Moss and Welker, never won a Super Bowl. With Amendola, Edelman, Malcolm Mitchell had the greatest comeback, in the, and Chris Hogan had the greatest comeback of all time. What I'm saying to you is, Mahomes, if he's in the GOAT conversation, which I believe he is, he is now entering a game this weekend exactly how it should go, which is he's so good he can cover up for any deficiency. Forget Brady for this conversation for right this second. Okay. He's so good he can cover up for any deficiency, which I'm acknowledging. They are there on that Kansas City offense. And you're going to give him a good defense. I believe 
He is doing this year exactly what someone that is labeled a GOAT should be doing. He's making up for everything. And that's what he does. And that's why you have the GOAT conversation. Because there are some quarterbacks in this league who we consider great who can't make up for deficiencies the way that Patrick Mahomes can. There is nobody better in the NFL currently at making up for deficiencies than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but I guess my whole point in having this conversation is if he would do this year with Tom Brady couldn't do in that 2006 year, then 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 why would we say that he's not capable of being able to match Tom Brady as the GOAT eventually? Okay, that is fair relative to up until the seven years, right? Because if yeah, I that's, look, a, that's the only thing forget, we can do. Yeah, forget the years eight through 21, 21 for Brady, right? Yeah. Let's just look at the seven years. Yeah. In that scenario, Mahomes' first year, would first seven, would trump Brady's first seven because if I'm the one making the comparison to year seven with both of them, which I have, and one of them wins and one of them doesn't, yes, the nod is absolutely to Mahomes. Okay. Brady's biggest greatness is being great for the longest amount of time that anyone has ever been great in the history of the sport. I can't apply that to someone else. That's not his only greatness. Though. I mean, like, he, like, no, I'm saying he, his biggest greatness. I don't even he know. Was, if I don't even know if it's that, man. But he CC, was so he, good in those critical but for moments so in the game, though. We also have no idea if Mahomes is going to want to do it as long as Brady did it. Oh, he wants to because okay. he's already said that he wants to try to mm-hmm. be the GOAT. He's already said that. So we don't, we don't have to be in the dark with that one. He's already said that. So I guess it's fair to make that comparison if that's how Patrick Mahomes is measuring himself to Tom Brady. Here's the point. Any way you cut it, this guy wins the Super Bowl this year, the conversation we just started is going to go on for the next 15 years. Like, yeah. not 15 minutes, 15 years. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Niners-Lions NFC Championship game this weekend in San Fran. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, is here. Looking good. Nice turtleneck. Thank you. I like it. Just saying. Cozy. I feel cozy. You feel cozy today. today. I All do. Right. Is that cashmere, Dan? Of course. It's Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we're doing here? When did you? <laughs> I'm going to roll in here and some cotton. This is, I respect you guys too much. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. When did you graduate from newspaper reporter to cashmere turtleneck sweater guy? I don't know. It was a gradual process. <laughs> it really was. My entire career has been a gradual process. <laughs> to get to this moment. It's, it's still ongoing. Yeah. We'll see what happens next. Dan, can you explain why Bill Belichick is unemployed? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's 70, he's going to be 72, right? He's three losing seasons in the last four. And I think a lot of these teams that had openings looked at it and went, well, you know, is he a long-term play, right? Like, is, is he only going to be around a couple of years to get his record? And, you know, uh, will we have to sort of overhaul our building? Like, are we going to have to fire our GM? I don't know for a fact that you would have had to fire the GM, but I mean, I think when the, when the, teams went into the process they felt like there was more to the idea of hiring Belichick than just oh coach let's plug in a coach so I think um, that's why a lot of teams didn't interview him and I think ultimately the Falcons you know I don't want to undersell Raheem Morris who deserves this like and and might be really really good at it the Falcons have a relationship with him and I think they're excited about having Raheem Morris I do think that the owner of the team went into the process thinking Belichick and got either convinced or talked out of it somehow. Uh, so I do think there were factors involving Belichick that proved sort of too difficult to overcome for the if, Falcons if, in if, the end. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but if you had to guesstimate by who in that, who would, who would have the ability to talk somebody that owns sure. the business out of that? Sure. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the CEO of the team is, is Rich McKay, who's been there a very long time, right? The GM is Terry Fontenot, who hasn't been there a very long time, but is obviously someone Arthur Blank likes a lot, hired him, you know, three years ago. Um, I think Arthur Blank's children have some say in how things are run a little bit because, you know, they're, they're looking toward a time when the team will be theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think to Arthur Blank's credit, he makes it a collaborative process as opposed to just sort of saying my way or the highway. This is who we're bringing in. Uh, I don't really care about the other ancillary impacts of it. So and again, Raheem Morris was on their coaching staff for six years. He was their interim head coach uh, three years ago or four years ago when they fired Dan Quinn. Uh, they probably should have hired him. Right? I mean, I, like seriously, like no offense to Arthur Smith, but I mean, three years later, you go back to Raheem Morris, a guy you like and respect that you helped groom as a coach. Um, it might've made sense to do that in the first place. So I think that combined with sort of the, the, the realization that, that Belichick came with more sort of, more sort of layers um, that w- other things that would have had to have been unraveled in the organization in order to bring him in. I think that's what combined to make this happen. So, Dan, with the Carolina Panthers hiring Dave Canales yesterday, there's only a couple of head coaching vacancies that are out there. If Belichick doesn't land one of those jobs, is it more likely than not he's coached his last game in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, look, you can easily look a year from now and say, what, there's going to be another six or seven or eight openings, right? Because that's just sort of the way of it, right? Um, so He's also going to be 73 years old. Yeah, right, and he'll have had a year out. Is he going to do a year of television like Sean Payton did? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, like that, that's, is he going to disappear? Is he going to go off to Nantucket and, and drop a line in the water and think to himself, well, you know what? I'm good. Like, right? like, <laughs> like I'm relaxing. Right? I mean, like, do I really need to prove anything else to anybody? I, the answer would be no. So uh, I think it's possible. I, I don't know about likelihood, but I do think it's possible. I think there'll be enough openings and maybe some interesting openings this time next year that might be able to lure him back. But obviously I'm not... You know, I don't I'm not I don't have access to his brain. I have no idea, you know, what he's thinking now or what he will be thinking a year from now. But I do think it's possible. I think you have to if he's not going to coach this year and he's going to turn 73 in April of 2025, you have to at least consider that possibility. Yes. Dan, one of the situations we were monitoring in regards to Bill Belichick was the Eagles head coaching spot and they uh, elect to bring Nick Sirianni back. But that press conference didn't really tell me a lot about that situation or give me oh, more confidence in Nick Sirianni. Okay, so <laughs> decipher it for me. Decipher the Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman press conference we saw on Wednesday. 
when you fire all the coordinators, that is that means the le- the next thing that goes is you, right? So I think that that Nick Sirianni realizes he's at that point, and that these hires that they're making now, Vic Fangio looks like he'll be the defensive coordinator, and uh, they'll need an offensive coordinator. I think he understands that this is this is it, right? Like if it doesn't work next year, if next year goes the way this year did, then all of a sudden this what what a year ago looked like an incredibly promising head coaching career all of a sudden stalls out. So I think Nick Sirianni is at that point. I think he's still a little bit shocked at how at how this season ended. I don't think anybody in the Eagles organization, when they were sitting there at ten and one, imagined what the ensuing two months would be like. So I think they're dealing with that. And um, yeah, I think I think that to some extent, you know, this is an organization that's kind of that that it's kind of you know operating as an organization as opposed to like. Head coach has full autonomy. Like it's got to be a, a, I think, a discussion on who you bring in at these coordinator spots. So I do think you're seeing a Nick Sirianni who is shaken up by what's happened and confronting some difficult realities of how the how the next you know year will slash could go. Guys, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. As we sit here today, it seems as if, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel all want to coach in the NFL next year, and all will not be given the opportunity to do so. It seems that way. I mean, look, there's two openings. Could could any of those guys get Seattle or Washington, theoretically? But they're not interviewing there, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds like other candidates are ahead of them in the pecking order. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it does appear that that, that that is the case. Yes. I don't understand that for the life of me. I will never understand Well, two that. of those guys are in their 70s. Right now, Vrabel, like I don't get that one. I, to me, he should have been at the top of a lot of people's lists, um, given his success as a head coach in the league. But and maybe if ultimately one of these teams will bring him in and interview him uh, and give him a shot. But you know, I, I think it's I think it's an interesting cycle. I think you're seeing, you know, new names, different names, younger, but not necessarily like crazy younger, right? Like we're not seeing like I mean, Gerard Mayo's thirty seven, but mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are forty, and Jim Harbaugh is sixty. So yeah, it's it's a, it's an odd cycle for sure. I think Harbaugh's presence in it made it that way, and and um, you know, I think are all, we're also seeing to to the league's credit, to these teams' credit, we're seeing we're seeing a different kind of individual hired than we used to see. Right? Like, I mean, I mean, we can't sit here and say like, why does this league keep recycling all the same old white guys? Right? No, and then that's and not then <laughs> and then say, well, yeah. wow, Carroll and Belichick and Fred. You know, some guys are getting a shot that, that that in past cycles might not have, and I think that's a positive thing. No question about it. Dan, a win in the NFC Championship game, does that tell us more about Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? Oh, I don't know. Goff's already won it, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's mm-hmm. already won the NFC Championship game once in his life. Yeah, but uh, that was with a different team that jettisoned him and then eventually won a Super Bowl. Agreed. Look, I think the answer is per- – it's a good question and a difficult one to answer. I think I would say Purdy because I do think – that there are a lot of people out there continue to underestimate him. And those people do not live in the San Francisco 49ers team headquarters because okay. I'm talking to people there this week unsolicited. You know, some of the players on offense are saying things like, you know, we're, we're, we're a more advanced passing game than we've been in years past. And talking about Purdy as, as a guy that allows them to do different things in the passing game than they've been able to do uh, under guys they've had before. So that's how they feel. Um, but the outside world, I think, is slow to come around on the guy that was the last pick in the draft, you know, two years ago. So I do think Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl would mean would mean an awful lot for him. We will continue that Brock Purdy conversation because there's more to it as to what he could gain or lose this weekend coming up. You'll see Graz coming up on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. We are on Sportsman Like presented Beautiful by Progressive Insurance. Back. Beautiful turn. On ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. San Fran Detroit, Purdy Goff. NFC title game. Oh, yeah. It is on Sportsmanlike. Let's go. Here on ESPN Radio. Tune into college basketball action tomorrow. FSU hosting North Carolina. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Do we know if Jay Williams is doing that game? Jay Will, because now there's a big viral thing where Jay Will is saying, right? You know that he loves uh, North Carolina. He'd go to North Carolina today and not Duke, and everybody was up in arms about that. So I hope somehow uh, Jay Will is on every North Carolina game the rest of, of the season. Do we know if Jay Will's on that game? Anybody. I think he's probably doing the college game day. Okay. And studio right. stuff. All right. I'm just saying I want him on all North Carolina games the rest of the season because <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, Brock Purdy conversation. Well, let me ask you something, CC. <laughs> Brock Purdy conversation. Well, yeah, That's yeah. a hell of a way to get us into a segment, ain't <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. It changed. It changed. The Brock Purdy conversation was something one way for the entire season, and you turned on us here. We were Purdy Brocking all night long. Yeah, we quite literally had a song. And then what happened to you? What do you Seriously. What do you, what do you mean what happened to you? You defected from the Purdy train here. You're off of it. Smalls and I were all in how great this guy was. MVP candidate, which, by the way, he's one of the five finalists for the MVP, as announced by the NFL yesterday mm-hmm. with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and someone that I may have missed here. Let's make sure. Uh, Dak Prescott. Why are you now... Off of that train. Uh, you know what it is for me? I, I realize that this is not the same team when he doesn't have his full complement of weapons. And we said it during that three-game losing streak in the middle of the regular season. If he doesn't have the full supporting cast, healthy and available, it's a different offense. He's a different quarterback. Now, I guess you could say that about you know other quarterbacks in this league, but not guys that we vault into the MVP conversation. And I guess that's the part that feels – a little bit premature, uh, uh, and we put his success a little bit out of context. He he feels like the the quintessential quarterback wins guy, the one that you hold up and you say, look at the record through the first two years and tell me why he's not the MVP. And it's eerily similar to the conversations we had around Jimmy Garoppolo when he was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm a bit skeptical of Brock Purdy not only being a, a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with, but also being the long-term option at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Until he exceeds where Jimmy Garoppolo fell short, then I'm not going to buy into it. That means that Brock has not only got to win this weekend, but he's got to win the whole damn thing. 
So he has to win the Super Bowl for you to think that he's the answer for the 49ers moving forward. No doubt about it, because if the San Francisco 49ers don't win the Super Bowl, then what are you going to point to as the reason why this team wouldn't win? It would be the quarterback. They don't really have any other deficiencies. They're, they're, this is a team without any real weaknesses. So, I mean, like that, that would be the thing that I would point to and say, yeah, if they don't win the Super Bowl, the most likely reason why would be Brock Purdy. But he's a guy who finished top five in the MVP. He's a guy who led the league in a lot of categories. He's, he has been the guy who did his job and executed for the majority of the season. Even mm-hmm. last weekend versus the Packers, he certainly did not look like himself for the majority mm-hmm. of the game. But he summoned it when he needed to and that, and that drive at the end of the game and put his team in a position to win. So even when he stumbles, he found a way at the end. This guy's played in 25 games in the regular season in his career. He basically has a 3 to 1 touchdown interception ratio at 44 to 15. He, he win, they win all the time when he plays. If the knock on him is they're not as good when everyone doesn't play, okay, well, so if we're going to say he's not Patrick Mahomes, I can, I can agree with that, right? He's not Lamar Jackson. I can agree with that. He's not Joe Burrow. Fine. This guy has been so But we have him in the MVP conversation. He should be. That's the part that's wild to me. Like, we're acknowledging he's not these other quarterbacks, yet we're putting him in the MVP conversation. He's not even the MVP on his own team. No, why why do we have him in the well, MVP I, I conversation? He no, he's not. He's not the MVP I think on he that is. team. I think he's – when you are okay, that we, good – We agree to disagree. But when you're that good – I think good, the MVP of that team is Christian McCaffrey, but yeah, that's just so me. <laughs> when you're that good at that position, you give everyone else a chance to be great. If he was not good, Christian McCaffrey's productivity would be less and wouldn't matter. We saw it in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey's productivity did not matter. They did not win a ton of games with him there. And actually, when he was because it's hard to win games without average quarterback play. Right, exactly. And that's what Christian, Christian McCaffrey was trying to do at Carolina. But there's a reason why Christian McCaffrey is in the finalist for the MVP. He's amazing. I'm not doubting amazing. that. I think he's in the finalist for MVP because when you have a great quarterback, it unlocks everything else. No, I, I think that you're talking about the tail wagging the dog. I think it's the other way around. I think it's because they have Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy is able to be as good as he is. It's the run game that's the catalyst for everything that the 49ers do on the offensive side of the ball. And it has been that way since Kyle Shanahan got there. Yeah, I I think that Brock Purdy has done enough where you could look at him right now and say he is absolutely 1,000% an excellent quarterback. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Is he going to win the MVP? No. Does he deserve to be the quarterback now and moving forward for this team, especially with the number that he's against the cap with? My God, yes. Tell me how this is different from Jimmy Garoppolo. Just that, That's all I'm asking you to do. Yeah. Anybody, call in. What, what's the number, Ev? 888-SAY-ESPN. <laughs> 888-SAY-ESPN. Tell me, please, somebody tell me how this is different than Jimmy Garoppolo. But the Niners tell have me how told it's you different. that. To me, and I heard what Graziano said about how everybody in the building – is talking about the evolution of the passing game because they finally got a quarterback that they feel like can unlock a lot of these different players. That feels a lot more like them trying to convince themselves and pump up their guy than it does actual belief. Because let me tell you something, as a guy that actually was in those locker rooms, if you know you got the dude, you ain't got to talk yourself into it. You ain't got to try to convince nobody else. It shows with what we see on the field. And what I saw in the divisional round game against the Green Bay Packers When they were in a situation where they were down, there were mistakes that were made by Brock Purdy. I mean, Darnell Savage should have had a pick six. And I I pointed out the Ray Ray McLeod throw at 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They've come out and publicly said Ray Ray McLeod ran the wrong route. They've been very vocal about it. He ran the wrong route. He should have ran the route rather than going to open space after the defensive back from the Packers slipped. And my point with that is if – 
your quarterback is so dependent on the structure of the offense and the X's and O's being exactly right and can't take advantage of certain situations, ergo a defensive back falling on the ground and your wide receiver running the green grass, you got a problem. If he can only be successful by doing things by the book, you got a problem. And it's going to be hard to win championships because your margin for error is going to be razor thin. To me, if that's the case, if we're saying everything has to be ideal for Brock Purdy in terms of everybody being in the right place and everybody being healthy and available in the lineup, he ain't the MVP. He's just not. Well, he's not going to be the MVP, so we don't have to worry about that. And, and I think if you're saying he's not even in the MVP conversation, I just think when you have a quarterback on a team that, that's, that is that good with a 3-1 to touchdown-interception ratio and makes all the right throws. He had a bad game until the end last week. Nobody's debating that. They still won. He's going to have another shot this week. If he has another bad game, then sure, it's going to be harder for us to stand and support the guy. I think the guy's awesome. I love watching him play. He hits all of the open receivers all of the time and makes every and does everything he is asked to do. How is this different from Jimmy Garoppolo? Nobody's at, I can't get the answer to He's that question. He's better. Nobody is answering He's the question. Better. He throws less interceptions. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's he gets his teammates more involved. He does he, whatever it is. I mean, the Niners have answered that question. They chose him over Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how he's better. They said we want you and not you. That's how he's better. They, so, they, actually, they actually didn't. They, they chose they, Trey they Lance. Tried to, they I tried understand. to turn it over to Trey Lance because they, they drafted Trey Lance with the third overall pick and invested three first round picks in him, and they jettisoned Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in. The team was good. But and then they turned it over to Brock Purdy after they realized that Trey Lance wasn't going to be the guy because yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt but at the end of last year. But ultimately, it was one guy over the other guy. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo... But well, one guy just kept getting hurt. Jimmy right, Garoppolo okay. kept getting hurt. Right, so then Brock Purdy plays. That That's a good thing. That's what he has over Jimmy Garoppolo. He's more available. Wasn't last year, obviously, in the NFC Championship game. Got hurt there. But in general, he is more available than the guy that he ultimately replaced. I think they're going to win this weekend. I think he's going to do what he they always better does. better win. I think they're they going to win by, double, win. I think gonna win by they, double digits. Well, if they don't win, it says more about Brock Purdy than anything else. They better win. And they, I believe they will. And I believe he'll do what he always does, which is three to one touchdown interception ratio. If Debo is not available. I still think they win. Okay. I still think they win. I think that Jared Goff has proven to be an excellent quarterback in this league. Hall of Famer? No. All pro? No. Excellent quarterback. Brock Purdy, I believe, is better. You believe he's better than Jared Goff? I do. I believe he's better. I think that we have now gotten to a place of underrating, maybe some people think overrating, and now back to so underrating. So if he loses this weekend, do you still feel that way? About what? About Brock Purdy, that he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. You still feel yes, that way? Yeah. Yes, 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 I do. I, I think that we have we have <laughs> severely <laughs> underrated Jared Goff. Yeah. I just said I think he's an excellent quarterback. I said, I, I've do you think Brock saying, Purdy's better than him? Yeah, he's I do. Taken, even if, he, even if he loses, even if Brock Purdy loses this weekend, he's better than Jared Goff. I think he's a you're better quarterback. I think he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. It, 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 now we're going Do to crazy town. Do you think town. the 49ers, with, as currently constructed, would be as good or better if Jared Goff was in place of Brock Purdy? I think that they would be as good or I, better. I think they would be as good or better. No I think question. there is yeah. something. Perfect. How about the Lions? It's a hypothetical Brock, we can't prove. But if Brock Purdy was on the Lions, no. do you think he would have the same no. results? I think, no. I think that this match, see, this is the problem. The Brock Purdy argument is take him off this team and put him somewhere else. He's on this team, in this system, for this coach, with these players. Right. He is perfect for this. I don't care if he can play for the Lions. But the runway of the team as currently constructed is running out. And that's where the conversation needs to be. Can he succeed without this complement of weapons? And which I don't is, think it's running which out. Which is answering the question of, is he the long-term option at quarterback for the 49ers? Correct. And He's, that's why I would say... 
Tell me how this is different from Jimmy Garoppolo. Because one guy proven the guy got to the Super Bowl, had a double digit lead in the fourth quarter, and the team blew it. Like, like, like that 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 actually happened. That is factual. And they decided, you know what? We're gonna move on because what we're getting from this guy just ain't enough. So much so that they invested three first round draft picks to move up and take Trey Lance, a guy that was a project and that was an absolute bust. But that's how much conviction that they had about trying to upgrade at the quarterback position. And what I'm telling you is, based on what I've seen from Brock Purdy and based on what it was when Jimmy Garoppolo at his best, there is no difference to me. So I, I, that's, the th- that's the part that leaves me unconvinced that Brock Purdy is the long-term option for the 49ers. So what I need to see is for him to check the box this weekend and then go win a Super Bowl. He does that, then it's obvious. Unless and until he surpasses what Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do at his height with Kyle Shanahan, I ain't going to buy into the Brock train. I'm over it. Next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello, our producer, gives us items in his life, sports entertainment, news that he's over. Pat, what do you have for us today? People who yell at Starbucks employees, you see videos all the time about this on the internet, and I've seen a bunch of them recently. Like, what a sad life you have to live to yell at someone working at the Starbucks because they might have messed up your grande mochaccino. Get a life. I I don't like yelling at anyone that works anywhere. I'm with Pat on this. Well, how can you get so upset about coffee? It's coffee. I don't understand how you can yell at anyone who's working somewhere trying to help you. If there's some some sort of discrepancy or whatever, deal with it in a in a calmer sort of way. But those people that yell at the Starbucks people or anybody, that's on them. That's not on the employee at the store. Well, that, well, that person has to deal with well, that. Well, I, I guess when you when you put the caveat of help you, that's one thing. But I, but I have yelled at people that like I've yelled at parking garage attendants. In per New York sources City. close to me yesterday, that, that, may that have is, been the that day. That has actually have happened. You. That has actually happened. Like so, yesterday? Yeah, I mean, yes, it happened yesterday because the garage that I park at is underneath a, a big building, and they have to check the car, the undercarriage, to see if there are any explosive devices under there they check oh. the trunk and all of that wow. stuff and that's fine i get all of that but the same garage attendant is there when i pull up at five o'clock in the morning every single day same person same person and so the attendant not only has to check the undercarriage but they have to write down the make and model of the car and so i can see the attendant looking at how to spell bentley from the oh from, from, from the from Javante. the, act, from the oh actual from the act, but here's the thing it's the same car it's every the day. same car every day. I'm not swapping out cars. How how difficult is it to spell the the, the name of the same 
car. It's the same car. Yeah. I don't understand it. And like we're literally wasting minutes of my life because you're you 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 need to see the logo on the car to spell it out. I'm just saying I had I I, I lost it. I I lost my cool. And then he tries to pull me over and say, "Hey, I need you to slow down so so I can write down." It's the same car. Canty. It's the same car. You you're kind of a Karen. <gasps> that's fair. That's fair. If that makes me a Karen, that's cool. I mean, that's just common sense, though, dog. Not every sense is common. common. That's just common sense. If it's the same car, then why do you have to look at the logo of the car to spell it out every single day? Because not everybody has the same level of intelligence and ability to do that every day. I'm just saying. Like, but who cares about that? Let's let's go back to how difficult it is to spell Bentley. Is what he just dropped. You know, Honda may be easier. Ford may be easier. Look, I I don't. I'm not trying to put it out there, but I played 11 (laughs) years in the National Football League. I ain't played for nothing. (laughs) <laughs> he, he earned the balance. <laughs> Never but, said he didn't. I bought, that, I bought it as a retirement gift to myself. How difficult is it to spell Bentley? That Chris is Canty. quite the sentence. The, a sentence I'll probably ne- never say. But back to what Pat is saying about the Starbucks employees and people that are yelling at them. This is why we need social jail. Mm-hmm. This is why we need social jail. If you can't have a polite and civil exchange with someone when you're getting your coffee, you need time in social jail. Yeah. You need to serve maybe 30 minutes, an hour. This needs to be on your record. We need to have different records that are attached to us as humans. One of them needs to be, can you behave correctly in public? There needs to be social jail and people need to be catching some fines here. I'm with you on that one. Nuno just told us that he almost got in a fight at Dunkin' Donuts when he worked there. Yeah, with, some, cus- someone yeah, that some was customer the- some customer was getting out of line. This was a long time ago. Some customer was getting out of line and like he asked if I wanted to step outside of the counter uh, counter and I was willing to. And there were thankfully other customers in there that were smart and were just like, you know, the guy was being a a jack and like they got rid of him. Do we remember Nuno the beverage wow. that caused this? No, I think he was just being he was just being uh he was just being disrespectful. Like you know uh, like the worst jail. is the guys that are like get agitated and it's not even their turn, right? Like it's that those are the worst type of people. But, oh. but here's the other thing, it's dicey to yell at somebody that's applying a food or a beverage that you're gonna consume, right? Not a great decision. No, I'm just sitting there thinking about it. It's like where you try to be as nice as possible to people that are waiting on you in restaurants. You the sure same, do. The same should apply to Starbucks, the same should apply to an employee that works at Dunkin' Donuts. I've had but uh, this person this person is handling your food and beverage. Like it, it could go sideways. Yeah, you think you're could, in control? You could, think it, you have the power? No, okay. you're not in control. Okay. It, this could end really poorly for you. Yep. I've had uh, situations the opposite way, where I've had friends say to me, like, I don't understand. How can you not get upset with that person when they did that? Like, there was one day I remember waiting in, in a parking lot for 40 minutes for my car. 40. There was, like, nobody else there. 40. 40. And I did not throw a fit. I just kept asking. Oh, no, I'm cussing somebody right. out. Right, and that's what well, I told this story. Out. I and think friend, I'm getting an Uber. You're, 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 you're taking away in. time out of my life, right? I agree, and you're right, but I just don't have the ability I don't to get go a, at but somebody here's the like thing. that. I don't get a discount because you took 40 minutes to pull up my car. So I got to pay the same price, full price, yep. to park the car, and you're supposed to get it for me, especially if I call for the car by sending a text, and it's not ready to go. And not only is it not ready to go, I, I essentially have to wait for an hour? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. We're going to have a real problem. We're going to have a real problem. The only issue that I have is when I, I'm in an interaction like that and the person is on their phone. That's the only time I've even even been a, a, what were you saying? a little shady or passive what? aggressive. Wait, hold on. Oh, what? 
I, I walked up to a place to order a coffee and the person was scrolling TikTok and I was standing there and finally they looked up and I was like, no, please take your time. Whatever, whatever content you're consuming, I'm sure. Ooh, is- oh, that's very, even worse. No, it's not. That's, no, it's not. that's, that's nasty, small. No, it's not. I didn't yell at them. I was like, please mm. take your time. Please take your time. Because I think that's terrible. You're at work. You're supposed that's to be fair. serving people. And you can't. I'm just so sick of people with their heads and their phones. I'm walking across the street in New York City. People can't even be bothered to look up and see if a car is coming. Every, we are addicted to these things. I'll and intentionally I think it's run into so people that do rude. that, though. I'll intentionally run into people that do that. Like if I'm in a crosswalk <laughs> and I'm walking across the street and you're looking down at your phone, I'm going to say, I'm not going to be moved. So we're going to run into each other. See, no, but you're the it's problem not, at that point. Gonna, it's not going to end well for you. But you're the one starting the <laughs> no, problem at that no, point. No, pay about, attention. Pat, Pat, it's not like we're the only two people on the sidewalk. It's not like I can go to my left or my right. Like th- th- there is a problem. Like that's the issue. They have to work with me. I'm trying to work with them, but they can't do anything if they're looking at their damn phone. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.